Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I Married a Cheese Fan. My name is Jimmy. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Colleen. And uh, this week, we're going to recap the AFC Championship game where the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl again, winning uh, winning in Baltimore 17-10. Um, it was an exciting game. Um, but before we get started with anything about the game, Colleen, you have some history with the Ravens. Let's hear it. That's right, Jimmy. I used I went to school at Towson University, which is in Baltimore. Um, and so all throughout college, I actually cheered for the Ravens. We're from the metro New York area, so I never understood what it was like to have like that whole city come together for a team. So throughout college, that's where I would go. Um, I, I used to wear Ravens colors. I used to really cheer them on. All of my friends a college friends are Ravens fans. Um, so I used to wear Ravens colors. I used to, yeah, I used to serve. I used to be a waitress, so I had to wear a Raven I, shirt to I get didn't more know tips. That. That's news to me. I'm sorry. Um, that shirt is long gone, long donated. But yeah, I used to. I always had like a soft spot for the Ravens. Always wanted to see them do well. Well, they didn't do very well this week, this past weekend. So. Uh... I know Sorry for your 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 true fandom there. How no, it's kind of fun, just as fun to watch them lose. I didn't know I'd have those feelings, but oh my god, I saw I saw defeat. some uh, on your Facebook. Some of those some of your old friends were melting down. That was pretty funny to see. Oh my gosh, they take it so seriously. That's the part that that's sad is like people take it so seriously, and I do. I feel for them because they care so deeply about. Like every team, every fan has it. I found out today, I never knew this, that Buffalo made it to four Super Bowls in a row and didn't win any of them. Yep. That's so sad. That's where the uh, the origin of a wide right is from. Playing the Giants. That I did know. Mm-hmm. But just so, like, that's so sad. That is not funny. Just sad. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a, little, a little bit much when people take uh, this sport uh, – so seriously um so let's continue with our chiefs podcast i'm sorry <laughs> jimmy where where were we the first i know the the chiefs so speaking of buffalo losing four super bowls in a row i don't know that a lot of people know the deep depressing history of chiefs fandom and since i only became a fan when i met you around 2015 what was it like prior to Patrick Mahomes and the dynasty that they're currently in to be a Chiefs fan? Uh, so uh, I became a fan around 2002, 2003. Um, the Chiefs at the time were uh, high-powered, high-flying <clears throat> high fly- flying offense, terrible, one of, one of the worst defenses in the league. So uh, they made – you know, made the playoffs a little bit and uh, didn't really go anywhere. But that was, you know, the origin of my fandom with uh, with Trent Green and Priest Holmes and Eddie Kedison and Tony Gonzalez and uh, the best offensive line, uh, well, one of the best offensive lines in history. So they were a little bit uh, pretty good at that time. But then um, after that, they just kind of it was about ten years of torture of uh, being one of the worst teams in the league pretty much a league embarrassment um 20 
culminating in 2012 with you know one of the worst seasons you know finishing finishing two and 14 lots of tragedy flying the 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 fire pioli bench castle uh banners over the over the stadium over arrowhead who were, the, who were, were those just the coaches at no, the time? Uh, scott pioli was the gm um train um matt castle was the quarterback oh they, matt castle they, yeah they uh, I contributed to what ten or twenty five dollars toward the cause to fly a banner over uh, Arrowhead Stadium during really? the game. Oh yeah, I never told you that. No. Yeah. And uh, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and People then, who take sports too seriously. Yeah. And then after after that season, they fired everybody. They got uh, Andy Reid, um, two thousand thirteen, and you know he kind of completely turned the turn the team around and you know those Alex Smith years while they were you know a lot they were a lot better than the years leading up to it they you know kind of knew he was not taking that team over the over the hump and then and then Mahomes came around a couple years after after I met you and it's been uh you know it's like a 180 from my original fandom so it's pretty surreal now uh you try not to take um take it take it for granted um getting to the spot as often as they have. Um, so you try to relish every, every year, every time they make it here, you, you, it could be the last time. So you gotta, you have to enjoy it while it's here. And that's something that I think made me root for the chiefs is this underdog story. I think we, we heard it a lot throughout this playoff span of just like the chiefs are the underdogs, the underdogs. And you know, that drives me nuts because they should just play well. But when we, I don't, what year? It was 2020. It was the beginning of 2020 when the Chiefs went back to the Super Bowl for the first time since Super Bowl four. Right. And the tagline was, we've waited 50 years for this, right. which was very funny to me because I was a Chiefs fan in like 2015. That's probably the first time I really heard of the Chiefs, honestly. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, of course, said I've waited 50 years for this because... Why not? Um, but can, what was the moment, like, what was that experience like seeing your team just win that game and get to go to the Super Bowl for the first time since you've been a fan? Well, it was, um, they, we were in upstate New York. For, so you're talking about the AFC championship game. Yes where Frank Clark, the shark, made the game-winning sack. I don't know if that's exactly how it went, but that's the story I would like to tell today. Um, yeah, we were, you know, they, you knew, that, so the year before, um, Mahomes, in his first year as a starter, brought us to the AFC Championship game where uh, we lost against the Patriots. Uh, and then the next year, um brought us back to that game and uh and you know this time with all the new the new players on the team frank clark tyron matthew um they didn't falter uh but watching that game we were in upstate new york at a uh kind of a, a, a was a gore mountain uh ski ski is it a resort not a resort just a ski mountain Ski mountain yeah definitely not i would <laughs> i would not put a resort anywhere near gore mountain <laughs> yeah and we left the mountain to go down to the bar and watch the game um, from the bar with a, there was a lot of people there. Not every, almost nobody was 
rooting for the Chiefs, but we were uh, our little corner was uh, all, all your all our friends and family were pretty pretty happy for me and us, and um, yeah, it was it was kind of it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe after all the all the years of being a fan that they were actually going to go to the Super Bowl. It was so unbelievable, and matter of fact, that we booked tickets to go to Miami to be in the city of the Super Bowl, and we couldn't afford tickets to the game. But but we, we should have afforded tickets to the know, game. Right? They were like, I don't know, seventy percent off what they are now. <laughs> we we looked at they were like twenty five hundred dollars each. We're like, these are so expensive. We we could never. And if, they're eight thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> for the Super Bowl. If we were where we are now in life back then, we were absolutely absolutely going to the game for Just sure. Put on a credit card, pay it off for a decade. Who yeah. cares? What an experience. Yeah. So so it's just you know, being that they've been to six AFC Championship games in a row, they can start to f- to feel a little ho hum. But you tried. It's hard to relive that first time of making it but it's still special every time it's just i feel like i remember your face and just it's like a kid on christmas morning and you were just beaming ear to ear when they met like we were jumping up and down we caused Mm -hmm. quite a scene yeah on a ski mountain but not skiing because we had to watch the game and it was just such an incredible incredible experience and i just like them going and watching in our house and having this a few people over to watch the game that's just as exciting, but nothing will beat that experience of being like, oh my God, they're going. And then like taking that natural high of excitement and booking airfare to go fly there. Like so spontaneous, so fun. One of like my favorite memories with you, I think of all time. That's why, that's why I wish we, we could do something different for this Super Bowl instead of watching it here i would love to do something else i don't know what it is just you would love to not host people you would love to sit in a room with the door closed and no one else around well i mean no one else but you of course but uh but yes exactly and i like to host parties yeah well and the super bowl is like the party that's up for grabs no one wants to host a super bowl it's a very easy party to take over. And let me tell you, you might not like hosting a Super Bowl party, but could you imagine watching the Super Bowl at my sister's house? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> so it's not the worst option. The one Super Bowl that we watched at your sister's house, I fell asleep for. That's, that was that's that. That was pretty fun. All right, Ravens, Chiefs. What are your? What's like your first? Your first thought besides woo. Uh well um let's kind of break it down a little bit and start with the offense I think okay um you know Chiefs did they start with the ball no Ravens started with the ball and they went stopped three them, and right? out. they went three and out mm-hmm. yeah so uh, Chiefs won the toss they elected to um to kick it off and. Were able to stop the stop the Ravens and uh, you know their Chiefs' first drive. They just looked like a completely different offense from uh, basically the entire regular season. Uh, they they were very ba- balanced. Uh, I think the first three plays. I don't know what order it went to, but it went to some order of Kelsey, Pacheco, Rice. So they hit all three of their 
their main staples there. And, you know, Andy Reid is one of the best at the first what are the, the first 15 plays they script out, and he's one of the best at it, um, even though it hasn't been that way uh, for most of this year. The offense kind of, you know, playoff pat has looked um, on point. And playoff offense. Playoff offense, Just yeah. like really, I felt like everyone stepped up. You, you play that first drive. I remember – that was like Tom Brady's big stat was every time he got he got an opening drive that he would score like he got points on the board every opening drive because the defense where, where you... I don't know I just made up that stat <laughs> no that's a real there's something about look it up something about Tom right. Brady he always like he always scores okay I swear I'm right <laughs> um, but the seeing the Chiefs haven't always been good at that. Like it wasn't a strong stat line for Pat Mahomes to be able to do that. So to see him, to see them do that, I'm not making it up. <laughs> Jimmy's rolling his eyes. I'm not. You can look this it up. year maybe, but for his entire for career. the beginning, like the first three AFC Championship games, there weren't a lot of opening drive touchdowns. Well, AFC Championship games specifically, I don't playoff know. games. I don't know. First three playoff rounds, not a ton of coming out of the gate and scoring. Oh my gosh, I can't wait! I can't wait to do my own homework and show you. Yes. Anyway, it <laughs> we'll was a, what I'm trying to say. The podcast is how nice it is to see them score on yes. an opening drive yes, because would... it really sets the pace for the game. I'm yeah. trying to give a compliment. <laughs> um, no, I, I I agree. I think it's it's big it, it really like setting the pace for the game is a great way to say that where um it, it shows it shows the other team makes the other team nervous even though ravens were able to come right right back out and have their own big drive of their of their you know of their own um but then after that chiefs answered right back with an probably one of the best drives i've ever seen i mean they uh that that second touchdown drive they held the ball for what over 10 minutes and Scored a touchdown. Um, it was an um, just a dominant drive there um, to make make it fourteen seven. And and the perks of such a long drive are you're wearing down their defense. Yeah. Is it this like is it the same impact though of their offense? Like is the offensive line getting very tired when you're keeping them out there for that long, or do you think like we talk we've heard a bit about those long drive drills? Travis Kelsey's talked about it a bit on his podcast, like that that August training camp actually makes a difference come January. I, would think, I mean, I would, I would think so. I mean, um, they say that Andy Reid has one of the hardest um, camps. Yeah. You know, him being a more old school coach has, still has one of the most hard, hardest camps um, in the league. So I would, I would think all that training, you know, in the in the heat you know, helps at that, at this point of the, of the year. But um, I don't know, you know, I never, I never played football myself, so I don't know how, um, how that offensive line, you know, what positions get tired, get the most tired. Um, I think if you have a, if you have a, I know offensive linemen just like to, like to run block. Is there, I think they get more tired when they're pass blocking. I was going to say, so we're, going like totally off of our, what we're going to talk about. But now I have so many questions. The offensive line, that's like the same four or five guys. Five guys. Five guys. It Like 
they are playing every 15 plays. Well, yeah, you'll see a lot of times when they do the snap counts, um, the offensive linemen and the quarterback will be the only ones with, I guess not even the quarterback, the offensive line will be the only ones with that'll play 100% of the snaps Wow! during the game. And so they're going up against defense, and there's a bunch of different defensive positions that I'm still trying to learn and sort through. Cause... Well, most of the time the offensive line goes up against the defensive line. Yeah, but then they all have different names. They're not like just a D lineman, well, right? Yes, well, so does the offensive line. That's true. Awesome. Uh, you know, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. But those are easy because they make sense. That's like a pyramid. Okay. And, but they're not going up against the center defensive line. Well, there's and the, the defensive left tackle. Sometimes there's one or two of them. And then there's ends, right and left end. And then depending on the style of defense, it's uh, there could be outside linebackers um, that are rushing as well. You see how that's harder to follow? I only know stuff from playing Madden. That's about it. <laughs> so, but those, that collection of people in no particular order swaps out. Uh, yes, I would say the defensive line kind of rotates a little. Like Chris Jones plays, what, 70% of snaps. And a lot of times you'll have defensive linemen that, that'll play in specific passing situations and then other ones that'll play in specific running situations. Usually the linebackers or like the middle linebacker, he's, he's usually out there every play like Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton. A lot of times is out there most of the game. Got it. Okay. Thank you. We can go back, back to where, okay. Back to our plan. Sorry. Offense look good. Then at the end of the half, nice, uh, Nice uh, field goal drive, and then that was it for the whole game. 17 points was enough. That's it. That's awesome. Uh, and it, it was kind of hard to, like, did the offense stall out or um, something that is pretty commonly known is Andy Reid shutdown mode, where late in games um, he'll kind of shut it down. And, really? Yeah, yeah, and he won't. Then usually much later in the game. We'll shut it down and not do any crazy, um, crazy plays. So uh, it's a lot of you know early in the, uh, his time with the Chiefs, it, w- it was detrimental. He, I think he's been a little bit better with it recently. But did is that what happened in that second half, or did they just kind of they feel like they had enough and they were okay, or were they really not able to produce? Well, the plays they were making the the energy. And the plays they made in that first half were next level. The the Travis Kelsey lay out, catch the ball, go completely horizontal, like a Derek Jeter shortstop play was insane. Yeah, that one was fun. I mean, it was a combination of Mahomes extending the play. And yeah. He, I think he held the ball for nine seconds or something crazy like that. And then... Kelsey Kelsey said that he ran the wrong the wrong route, so that's why he was running back to get back to his position he should have been at. Um, but you know, it looked it looked good. Yeah, you think Taylor's teaching him some uh, flexibility moves? Uh, I don't know. Or I is would, he showing out, showing uh, off? I hope so. That was a big. I just you. There's a lot of times where players miss the ball, and you're like, lay out for it. But like, I can't remember the last time I've seen it. Yeah, I don't think he could have stretched any further. That was a that was a good one. That was a good. He was fully horizontal. That's a picture 
that should be hung on a wall somewhere. Yeah, that's better than uh, Mahomes' horizontal throw. That was an incomplete pass and a losing Super Bowl. Yeah. Your other uh, favorite offensive player these days is Rasheed Rice, number four. Yes, yeah. What about him do you love? Because you seem to love him. So um, it just seems like as soon as he catches the ball, he's he's moving. No, he's moving towards the goal line. There's no fooling around with trying to juke people or trying to run around people. It's every time he he catches the ball, he's getting five yards after the catch minimum. And it's I don't remember ever seeing people. I'm sure I can't remember any other wide receivers that do that off the top of my head. But just like you know. No knock on Demarcus Robinson. He was, uh, you know, he was with the Chiefs for a long time, and he he did. I forgot who he was with this year, but he had a good he had a good season. I think he was with the Rams. He had a good season this year, but he would catch the ball and then back up and then try to juke and get around people. And a lot of times he would lose yards after catching the ball. I was wondering what you meant by juke because I feel like Rishi Rice does juke people, but more like not like not backwards. I think that's the key word. Like. He's just like quick and like do 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 right around him, like a pinball. Like he just gets through people. Yeah, but I think he's just he he's running straight. He's not really juking yeah. People. It was the, I guess that's true. How do they miss him if he's going straight? I don't know. Well, I, just, I don't know. He's just he's very he's fast. He has a lot of acceleration. He's a big guy, and he's um, but also like string string being esque, like a big skinny guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. He's uh I think he's got a bright future. I don't know what the what the Chiefs are gonna do with the wide receiver room next year. I'm sure it's gonna look a lot different, but um That's your hopes and dreams. Rashid Rice has to um he's gotta be a I would think he would be a prominent feature in that in that room next year. Yeah, I hope they how do you know his like contract status? He's a rookie. What does that mean? Uh so the rookies get um or your contracts. Oh, I think okay. I think if you're I think if you're a first round a first rounder you get four years with a fifth year option. I might be making this up. And then if you're like a later round you get a three I don't I need as far as, far I, as I know I'm pretty, I, as far as I know it's four years as on a rookie contract. Got it. Feels like you're making it up. Nuts. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. Offense was on fire. I'm curious about the second half. That's a good question. I feel like they could have scored more points if they needed them. Um, but it, maybe Patrick Mahomes can really bomb it. But also that's there's a chance that that defense is really good. So there's a chance that you're going to turn it over. So maybe you're right. They just went to slow down mode. Yeah. To not yeah. cause turnovers. And credit to uh, your boy Marquez Valdez Scantling with the the game ceiling uh, catch at the end of the game. After you know he did the same thing last AFC Championship game, he comes up in a uh, in uh, big spots. He's been terrible all year. He's been a a ghost. Yeah, and, but... I told you he's got that playoff magic. Also, Patrick Mahomes. I remember what game was it? Oh my goodness, it was something late in the season. Maybe it was the AFC Championship after they won the Super Bowl. It was against the Bengals. It was after that crazy Bills game. 
was at that game, Tyreek Hill was still on the team. It was the last play of the game, and Mahomes chucked it. It was a big throw, and Tyreek couldn't pull it in, or it was overthrow. Like it, it wasn't a bang bang play, or Tyreek was in double coverage, maybe triple coverage, like whatever it was. But that it didn't happen that play, and everyone was like, "Why would you do that?" And he's like. Tyreek had a chance to make a play. I'm always taking that option. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that confidence in his receivers, even with the year they've had and the drops they've had, he has not at all changed his mentality that he trusts his receivers to make plays. And that is, I think that's like a really cool trait to have as a leader. Yeah. I wonder, um, I, I feel like he does have um, so much confident confidence in his, uh, you know, in his receivers. But I wonder, like, if he got to a point this year where he just he couldn't take it anymore. I think, um, I think he he might have. But it's you know, I, he, he's gonna he's gonna while they're the, his those guys are there, he's gonna keep trying them. And I'm glad he did. I mean, I wouldn't rely on mvs at any like i wouldn't rely on him heavily but um if he can catch a pass or two in big spots i mean that's that's huge and also the, the Bengals afc championship game that they lost i don't i blocked that in my memory <laughs> that was the worst idea that was probably the worst sec worst half of football of patrick mahomes career that was terrible speaking of things in your memory or not in your memory this defense is wild it's so good the chief's defense is so good forever we'll say like "Uh uh-oh patrick mahomes got a defense and now he can truly control a game Uh, yeah i mean best best i've ever seen since being a fan it's there i mean combination of the personnel of um spags is just he's just he's just out of this world right now the plays that the defenses that he's calling the the games that he's calling is he's just he's just in his bag right now. So I know Spagnolo from being a Giants fan because he is he's the reason the Giants were able to defeat the undefeated Patriots. Like he came up with that game plan that helped hold the Patriots to like seventeen points or something under twenty. Was it 2017 that game? I don't know I do why not that's popping my mind right now. No. But he he was just, he's a, a wizard. Um, I heard his wife recently moved to Kansas City. So I really hope that means like he's here to stay and that he's not going to go get a head coaching job somewhere. Yeah, he's one of those guys that um, there's a lot of them that make amazing coordinators, but when they get the, the head coaching position, they don't, they don't pan out. So well, I hope he stays because he's yeah, crushing it at his job right now. Um, who is your like MVP of the defense right now? Um, it's got to be it's got to be Lejarius Sneed, right? I mean, he's, oh, he's so good. He's the best. I think he's he he was he's been the best cornerback in football. You know, I mean, of course, I know that because I watch every other game and every other cornerback. So I know that he's the best, but no, he's, he's been out of this, out of this world. He's been, um, the, I don't even know him making that play on the goal line after letting up the big play to, uh, to flowers and, and 
you know, being able to punch out, time it and punch out that ball at that last What minute. is that? What kind of hand-eye coordination? Like, what skills do they perform to have? Like, I feel like I walked into walls. <laughs> like, yeah. How how does he know to dive from like what do you think he was on the three or four yard line? A running dive. Talk about laying out like Travis Kelsey and be able to get one hand on on flowers and one hand punching out the ball. I mean, that was the game changing. That was game changing right there. But um yeah, I would say he's he's not, it was either him or Chris Jones. I mean, Chris Jones is playing Jones. amazing too. He's he, he's I don't like he doesn't really have the sack numbers, but he he disrupts every. I feel like he's in the backfield. He's the first one in the backfield every play. Um, so one one of those two or McDuffie, of course. Yeah, it's hard to say. I think the Chris Jones thing is interesting because you pointed out a few things during the game to me where to the naked eye you don't you don't see it because like the play still happens or there's an incomplete pass but you pointed out a few times that the reason the pass is incomplete is because chris jones collapsed the entire pocket obviously it helped but like he's the dominant force pushing in the offensive line on on uh, lamar jackson and so he's forced to make an uncomfortable play because he's out of time yeah that's big it's making the making the quarterback uncomfortable is i think the key i mean that was the key to beating brady it's the key to beating every 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 quarterback it's it's making them i think that's after losing the brady losing those games to the giants i think that's when as he got older and even even more less mobile than he already was he he became the fastest he got the ball out faster than anybody anybody in football that's why towards the end of his career he barely got sacked because he would throw the ball immediately yeah. So, so um, you know, we saw key, that in that Super Bowl. Yeah. So the key to key to beating any great quarterback is is disrupting their rhythm, making them uncomfortable, and and just getting to them. So if Chris Jones can do that to Mr. Brock Purdy uh, in the Super Bowl, that that'll uh, that's going to go a long way. I just feel like Chris Jones is two Brock Purdies, <laughs> like. He's just such like a large dog. Oh yeah, he's a, and like Brock Purdy. It's like my size. A, I think he's what is he six six, six seven two stump two yeah. ninety. I mean he's a monster. But like two ninety of like probably pure muscle. Yeah, he's got a great physique. <laughs> just think, but uh, he didn't. He was limited practice today, or Chris Jones. Mm-hmm. That's news to me. Yeah, let's see. I keep up with stuff. I the only thing I saw was that. Um, the only people that that didn't practice were uh, Omenihu and Tooney, mm-hmm. Joe Tooney. Um, mm-hmm. So I did not know that. Well, Chris, he might just be limited just to give him some extra more rest. Yeah, it was something in his leg, upper oh. thigh or something. Hamstring? No, I can't remember. Um, absolutely. Okay, Lamar Jackson. He's the nicest guy. I I really enjoyed his like just all of his press before and after. He's just a nice guy. I called him the anti sack in our notes. And what did you say to me? You remember? No. The Chiefs sacked him four times. Oh, that did the Chiefs. Yeah, they got him four times. They got him four times. I mean, he had one. He's he's very elusive. He's a he's you know he's a big guy. I mean, he's not like. He's a, I guess he's more. He's a quick guy, 
and he, you know, he was able to, you know, felt like it was doing a hockey move on, uh, I think it was Tranquil, where he tossed him over his back. Um, <laughs> oh, no, no, it was Chanel. I Chanel, think. one yeah. of them. And, um, yeah, he's uh, he, he's tough to get down, but he's sackable. I mean, I feel like uh, someone this... like Josh Allen is is harder to sack. No way. Yeah, he's, he's a much bigger guy. He's a much bigger guy, but he goes down. Like, Lamar Jackson stiff-armed people and got out and made bigger plays. And then it was like, I don't, like, you see these defensive line folks just, like, trying to keep up with his speed, and they just look so slow, and you know they're not slow, but they mm. don't have that, like, the stamina. I got the feeling that Lamar Jackson is a little slower than he used to be. I don't think he's, like, he doesn't feel as fast as he was, you know, when he won his first MVP. I don't know. That's just observation. I could be wrong. But I think he was I thought I thought he was running circles around people. I yeah. I was deeply impressed with his ability to move around it. I mean he completed a pass to himself. Oh hum. Mariota did it and scored a touchdown. I'm shocked that's allowed. That feels very not allowed. A self pass. I wonder how it works in the stats. Does he get? Does he get? You know, fifteen receiving yards for that. End I, think, of, I would think so, pass. right? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All in all, I was um, really impressed with the defense. I I thought they played a a great game. I was actually this entire game never really. I wasn't concerned. the The flowers catch and Sneed coming in and punching it out. Would have been if he didn't do that. That's where I would have gotten concerned. Well, yeah, I mean they would have. That they would have tied the game there. Uh, but the no, I, I think the game was was a much. I don't think the score reflects how d- dominant the Chiefs were in that game. I think they were. You know, I was pretty pretty early on. I I. I was right there with you. I was not that concerned uh, with, with, with the. I mean, it was obviously anything can happen, but I think the Chiefs dominated dominated that game in all all three aspects, um, and it was um, it was great to watch. It was great. The third aspect of the game is the special teams, and you know that's one of my favorite areas. Not so much the kickoff or the field goals, but I love a good punter. Um, you turned me on to Dustin Colquitt back when in the back in the beginning of becoming a he Chiefs was, fan. He was the best. He was he was back when when the Chiefs were bottom of the barrel. He was the most fun part of the team. Was watching him watching him uh, cough and corner it into, in the within the five. It was great. Yeah. Now we have Tommy Townsend who's got like beautiful hair. You pointed out he was in a Kirkland Costco sweatshirt recently mm-hmm. at practice. Yeah. He's just so down to earth. Um, but he often doesn't get to like play. He doesn't get to go out and punt the ball because the Chiefs are really good at either going for it or getting in the red zone and getting field goals. Um, so I love watching him play. But I think the highlight of watching a punter is like hoping to down the other team at the one yard line. And like just how defeating that is as an offense to be snapping the ball a little crowded in your own end zone with like a safety on the line. That really has to mess with their confidence. Yeah, it's huge. And so to see it in this game, it just felt like you talk about like 
often the offense and defense and you don't a lot of people don't give credit to the special teams and how important of a like the third piece of this triangle they are yeah for a while uh you know Dave Tube has been there for, uh, the special teams coach he's been there for he's been there for a very long time um and for a while he was considered you know the the one of the best special team coaches in the league and you know he's been a little you know the past couple of years he has been, I don't I feel like he's hasn't been great but um you know why though cuz he had I was just thinking about the returns he had Tyreek Hill yeah, Tyree back Kill, in yeah. the returns when you have Tyreek Hill back in the returns Everyone notices special teams. Mm -hmm. That's very true. They don't have a Tyreek kill. They don't have that. Like they have fast people, but I mean that he is so fast. Yeah, I mean they, they, we haven't had a good, like a really strong returner um, since. I mean since Tyreek, I can't. They had a lot of you know Hardman. He he had a couple of good good years back there returning, but um, you know Richie James, to, uh, Tony, and I'm trying to think who else was there, but. Um, yeah, they. I don't think we've had a solid, uh, solid returner in a while. But the the rest of the unit, you know, the coverage, the coverage has been pretty good. The they sniffed out the the uh, that fake punt last week, and um, so they're they're pretty good with all that. But yeah, yeah, very impressed. Really happy with them. Uh, just some other notes that I had jotted down that I noticed um, one of my, one of the things I always think about is when there's time left in the half. And I think, it, I think in this game, it was like seven seconds or eight seconds or something. But when you have an offense go out and just kneel it for those eight seconds and not just do something, I, I know it's probably keep people healthy. I know there's probably a whole reason for it. I think that is defeating. I think it shows you don't want to win. I don't know what would happen. Even if you just run the ball, maybe you get a hole. What happens, if you, you what happens when you you run it and the running back fumbles it and they run it back for a touchdown? I guess a little. It's a gamble you have to take. But <laughs> you take the knee, you go into the locker room, and then you're going to come back and the Chiefs are going to have the ball again. So the Chiefs are going to go from possession to possession. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, I don't know how much i agree with that viewpoint but i understand it and momentum is a huge a huge aspect of the of the game and i would hope that the team wouldn't feel defeated you know playing it safe there for seven seconds but for seven seconds okay i see it one time i watched um oh my gosh the broncos had peyton manning and they had like a minute and 12 seconds before halftime we're both in the game and they decided to go to overtime and then they lost and it was in the playoffs and it might have been a championship game that they decided to go to. I think it was overtime. You're looking at me like I'm not. No, I'm trying to remember. It was a while ago, before I knew you. You should remember, though, because you hate the Broncos with a pretty good passion. So you were probably rooting for them to lose. Probably. Um, But yeah, they just, I just remember they had timeouts. I was shocked that they wouldn't, with Peyton Manning, try to make something happen there. So anyway, I just think it's a defeating thing. Maybe with eight seconds, it's not worth the risk, but I don't think it's good for their mental health. I'm with you. You changed my mind. <laughs> right. Throw a Hail Mary. And the other thing that I saw, that huge screen in M&T Bank oh, yeah. <laughs> Stadium. One, the first thing I saw um, seeing it on the TV was how many seats did they lose to put this big, ridiculous screen up? 
like that's so much revenue as a business person that they're just mm. missing out on. Um, and then because they have that huge screen, we got to see what they were saying to their fans. Like we got to see like offense at work and to be quiet and it's third down, like get loud. And I don't know if I just don't look at the screens when we're in Arrowhead, if I'm just like looking at the field and I just don't look up at those screens at that moment. I feel like Arrowhead does not have to educate their fans in any way. Like Chiefs fans know when the offense is out there, you be quiet. When the defense is out there, you be as loud as you possibly can, like truly loud. When we were in Arrowhead for that game in like 2016, that little old lady next to us. Do you remember her? <laughs> so we were out there for it was a it was a free Mahomes game. Um Thursday night football against the Raiders for uh, one of the coldest at that time, coldest uh, games in Arrowhead history. Uh, and um, it was, it was a very, very good game. Cause that was uh Tyree kill as a rookie. One of his, uh, I think it was his first uh, punt return touchdown uh, ever. And but we had, you know, the fans, the atmosphere, the little old lady next to us was beating the crap out of the chair in front of her. And, you know, and we were all just screaming the entire game. It was so much fun. Um, she had to be I, 80. Yeah. She was old and she was like by herself mm -hmm. at the game. God, I wonder what her story was. She was Alex Smith's grandma. She, she didn't want to talk to us. Like, <laughs> she didn't say it, but like you could just tell, don't, I'm here to watch the game. I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. Um, so I did anyway, I did just notice that that like the amount of effort that stadium had to put in and then also to feel like the crowd really wasn't in it. It reminded me more of a, a Giants game or a Jets game where like when things start to go south, the crowd turns on you. I mm -hmm. I felt like that, although you pointed out and you made me laugh um, about the one Chiefs fan who was trying to quiet down the whole stadium when. Yeah, there was a there was a camera shot of um, the Chiefs. Off the Chiefs' uh, offense were on the field, and there was a one lone Chiefs fan uh, <laughs> trying to quiet down the Ravens fans. It was uh, it was pretty funny to see. All right, last last episode we didn't talk about Taylor Swift at all, and I really want to take a moment to talk about her because they like the pictures this week of her on the field, and just you can't like it's just so exciting to see someone in in love like whether they call it love or they don't whatever they could oh they're in love that's what i mean like it it makes you giddy and excited and make it like when i see their pictures i smile because like that young love that excitement for each other <laughs> i i miss that like we have a different kind of love now but like thinking of you giddy and smiling when the chiefs first went to the super bowl it's like the same kind of like a kid on christmas morning kind of excitement yeah, they're cute, man. They're uh, I'm a big fan. I know there's a lot of uh there's a lot of haters out there. Um I don't mind it one bit. I think it's great to see. Um it's, you know, it's not even just for, you know, bringing a lot of attention to the to the Chiefs even get them even more attention, but um You definitely love that too, though. I do like that. <laughs> but I think it's like you said, it's like who cares? They they they're dating they like each other they may even love each other and it's young love is beautiful it's just it's exciting i think about her being a billionaire and like just having like the world at her fingertips but like she has 
never had this experience before of being on the field with like the Hunt family and the Kelsey, oh gosh, the America's sweetheart Kelsey family. And it's just like, what a beautiful experience to get to be part of and to be excited. And also to see her like share the spotlight. Like she's so famous. She's so mm -hmm. famous. She does <laughs> not need to stand to the side when the Kelsey brothers embrace each other. Yeah. But she does. She does. She lets them have their moment. She lets him go up on stage and have his moment like Travis Kelsey so he could go say his ridiculous party line. It's just he really is something super special. I just had a thought. Remember when we were in Miami, we went to that watch party and we could talk about this maybe next week, but we got that Travis Kelsey hat and we, we've like kept it all these. What did it what about the party? What's oh, his yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet we could sell that on eBay for like 50 bucks. Now. <laughs> <laughs> that is an antique. Yeah. Yeah. That was you got to fight for your right to party. Yeah. Yeah. I bet we could. Oh, that was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we definitely got to talk about that next week. Yeah. Tune in. Uh, so not to, uh, to bring you off, off your, uh, your Taylor, Squ Taylor Swift, uh, um, talk there, but I did find the game you were talking about. Uh, with the Denver Broncos versus the Baltimore Ravens in uh, the 2012 playoffs. It was the divisional game, and the Ravens tied the game 35-35 with 31 seconds left. And how many game. timeouts do the Broncos have? Uh, I don't know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no way they had timeouts. They had two well, to three timeouts left. Really? I'm yeah. going to say it. I don't yeah. know if there's a way for me to see, see that. But, I'll have to go um, back and watch that game. 31 seconds left, and Peyton Manning took a, took a knee and brought it into overtime, and they lost. I told so, you. You were not I mistaken. I have a weird memory with um, playoff football. Yeah. I can recall things yeah. better than in my real life. Can we go back to Taylor Swift now? Sure. I was on a roll. Okay. Um, NFL hate for Taylor Swift. What's up with that? Why do people hate someone well, rooting for their boyfriend? I like, um, I don't have, I cannot comprehend it. I think you have a lot of fragile men that, um, are, are I don't know, threatened by the presence of a beautiful, powerful woman. And, uh, they, I don't know, they, feel like her being on the screen for what is an, it comes out to an average of 25 seconds in the game she's been at um, interferes with their, their sports ball. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's uh pretty gross. Like I said, I don't mind it. I like, it's not like they're showing her for 20 minutes. She's uh she's on the screen for, for you know 25 seconds and i think what the i think what the big deal is with these people is that they are i mean you know how i feel about social media i think it's it, their issue is she's all over everybody's social media page pages the you know official nfl account the sports center account and she they, everybody's posting so their relationship is plastered everywhere so i think that's what people are sick of I did hear like the NFL game day morning. They did the they did the math. Like everyone did the math if Taylor Swift could make it from her Tokyo show mm -hmm. to to the Super Bowl. But like to hear that that made it onto NFL pregame was kind of wild to me that they would cover that. But um, I guess when you're down to four teams, you're just you're grasping at storylines anyway. So if it wasn't that, it would have been a super fan or 
some other feel-good story that they like plug that air with. So I don't think people missed out on football coverage. There's only so much you can say about four teams that are left and you have to fill eight hours of coverage. Yeah, the, um, they, uh, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't bother me. I want to, I hope I, I'm excited for the Taylor Swift bowl. Yeah. I, um, they say it's, it's red on red because of her red era. <laughs> they're wearing red jerseys. I don't think they're red on red. No, no, no. Just like the both teams are oh, red. Both teams yeah, are red. yeah, it's red on yeah, red. That's funny. Yeah. Um, but a lot of this hate reminds me of Brittany Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And when remember when Barstool Sports went in so hard on her, they might still go in a hard on her. I honestly don't follow them anymore. I find them so what is it? Fra- fragile male egos. Fragile masculinity. That's it. Um I just, I, oh. I never understood that. They were so mean about her. She's just like, back then, just like this young girlfriend rooting for her boyfriend, who's like a star in the NFL. And they would just go after her. The way I cheer for the Chiefs is very similar to how Brady Mahomes cheers. It is. <laughs> Give you a bottle of champagne, you'd be spraying everybody. Oh my gosh. What did I say? The Chiefs kept me on the edge of my seat and the edge of my wine bottle this week. <laughs> That's funny. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's a because it's funny you say Brittany Brittany Mahomes because she got a lot more hate even before everybody hated the Chiefs. Everybody hates the Chiefs now because they they were good. They, they were win every, not they good. Went, they then. well, it's not that they were they weren't sorry bad, but they were they weren't you know basically having one of the best That's five true. year stretches of all time. They mm-hmm. were at the beginning of that, and people um, they these awful awful companies like barstool and the others um i don't know if we can say that by the way (laughs) what are they going to come for us maybe in our big listener yeah if we all are big we get discovered and blow up and we'll get a cease and desist but um (laughs) but yeah i mean it's they they they, the bro culture that they call wow you're going in hard now yeah yeah (laughs) Um, put a mic. Sorry, my, put sorry, a mic in front of my face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I hope you dropped by now. <laughs> um, and it's yeah, it pisses me off. So whatever. I just I find it crazy that it's a, on some. This is I'm borrowing this from someone that I saw on social media, but that when she goes to games, she's a distraction, and when he goes to game concerts, he's supportive. And I think that is like a line we hear all of the time. They said that a lot about Britney that she was a distraction to Patrick, that she shouldn't come on the field. She shouldn't go to games. Like people wanted her to just stay home. And I think what people don't realize, and especially in football, I think of the Mahomes family because their kids are about the same age as our exactly kids. Exactly our kids' age. And there are days where like when you're not around, it's a, it's very overwhelming to have both kids alone. And I just need help. Like I need help. And I don't know like... I need you there. And it's like the Mahomes family is sacrificing so Patrick Mahomes can study for two weeks for the Super Bowl for Chiefs Kingdom. And it's like those are the things behind the scenes that people don't see. And like Brittany might have help, but it doesn't matter. She's a woman with her own career. She does so much. Um, And she's just a mom who is like sacrificing her husband to go out and play the sport that he loves. But they very much deserve 
to be considered supportive because they have to support so much. Like, wouldn't Taylor Swift like Travis Kelsey on her arm for the Grammys? Like, she's mm -hmm. already facing sacrifices yeah, for this. Yeah, that's true. Her new boyfriend that, oh my God, their outfit would be cool. Although I did see, hopefully, they'll make their debut at the Met Gala. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> that would be nice. I wonder if we can go to, like, just go stand on the street. Oh, go. It's in the city, right? Yeah. I'm down. Well, that... I, I'm sure I have an outfit. Oh, gosh. I can only... You would go in full chief's gear. <laughs> I didn't even let you close. Yeah. <laughs> um, turning point in the game. Um, I mean, it's got to be... It's got to be the Sneed um, force fumble, I would think. Yeah. Or I mean, you could even call it the uh, the the flowers uh, um, taunting a couple plays before that that led to led to the horse fumble. That's true. I'm gonna go with. I want to do that one, but that would be so boring. I'm gonna do with the Travis Kelsey flexibility catch. Because why? Because that was the play that was like we are here and we are going to lay it all on the line and like to have a senior leader on your team. Like he's kind of old. It hurt. It hurts. That hurts to make that kind of play and that kind of sacrifice on your body. Mm -hmm. But it's like, we will not go home in one piece. Like we are going to leave everything on this field. Even if it's like a dented rib cage, like we're <laughs> going to win this game or you're going to have to wheel us out of here. He said he uh, he wanted it more than he's ever wanted it, so he 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 proved that. That's it. I think they I think they have the right mentality um, going into this game, and we'll get we'll get more into it next week for sure. We'll do more deep dives into the into the game, and we'll let you know if we're going to the Super Bowl or not ourselves. Oh my uh, gosh, Jimmy had us donate blood this week <laughs> to try and win Super Bowl tickets, so. It's it, for a good cause. It's for a good cause. We probably saved a life, which is, mm. it is fun. However, we are both, we both had uh, different first time experiences, but it's okay. We made it through it. We hopefully encourage other people to give blood, um, especially now that this episode is sponsored by redcross.org. Especially because now you can't uh, win Super Bowl tickets because it's February 1st. So, yeah, I know. I, I was going through looking. And all these contests that were going on there, they all were have been over for weeks to win. To win, uh, you know, Bud Light gave away twenty five packages. Oh, to, what were to, we doing? It was. It ended in December. Darn it! <laughs> all right. Well, follow us on Instagram at I Married a Chiefs Fan, uh, and that same handle on Twitter um, when I get around to making it. Thank you all. And uh we will we will uh we will talk to you guys next next week and uh we'll prep for prep for the, the fourth Super Bowl in five years? Five years. Six? Five. Five. Five years. Fourth, fourth Super Bowl in five years and let's do it. Go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. <laughs>